put on your bomber jacket and fire up your Fever Night Saturday soundtrack. It's GB Air Rally on Amigos, episode 379. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about GB Air Rally. It'd be cool if it was the Bee Gees Air Rally. That, that's why I said. We should be flying You, you got to put your Fever Night Saturday soundtrack oh, on. Oh, I see. I know? like that. It's bizarre. That was world. your gimmick. I wouldn't yeah. pay attention to what you were saying. You never listen I try to, to avoid what you're saying. Um, are you a big air show kind of guy? A big air show guy. I've been to one air show. Mm. So, now I do like... I like airplanes. I like planes, jet aircraft. Remember that horrible song for Jefferson Airplane? Yeah, no. look it up sometime. But yeah, I do like I do like a good air show. The problem is I'm perpetually afraid someone's going to get murdered. Well, you know, hitting the planes together. They had that go down in Dallas, I think, uh, last month. There were two planes that collided midair, and I mean, it just it's it's crazy. It's Listen, crazy. That's that happens all the time yeah. with these things. And the thing is, it doesn't. You know what I'm saying? It's like an embrace, like, man, that guy got killed in the MMA. Yeah, it's happened like once in like, what, 30 years or right. whatever. But you think, oh, there's another one. Mm-hmm. I don't know how often it happens. It's a risk you take when you're involved in, in, in some sort of spectacle like that. I'm yeah. sure it's a lot like the high wire acts at the circus, you know? Well, sort of. But I mean, it seems like, I don't know, maybe they don't have as much control. But those, the, uh, the last one, I saw footage of it. I mean, it just, they just careened yeah. in each other. And you think to yourself, how does this not happen more? Right. You know, when I was in, a, uh, I was flying into uh, uh, Houston mm-hmm. back in the day when I was on a trip down there mm-hmm. to Mexico. And as we're coming in, uh, you know, we're coming in for a landing. I'm just kicked back, you know. And then they, all of a sudden it goes, and we shoot back up near the pilot. It's like, man, sorry about that, everybody. Looks like someone else took our runway. And he was just real nonchalant. And I was like, you know, my hands gripping, right. like white knuckles, like, oh. And it's like, how does that not happen more often? Mm. I don't even know. So I guess I've almost taken the kid to a couple of these, but I get paranoid about it. Some of those planes, that fiery remain just hit the crowd. Here's another thing. If you're not a big fan of crowds, you need to stay away from the air show because these places always draw like crazy. Yeah, you know, the, the funny thing, remember, you ever watch footage of like the 20s or whatever? Mm-hmm. They'll be like, uh, 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 they'll be like doing something they're like look it's the world's fattest panda and right. they'll have one and like four billion people <laughs> come out of their hovels it's because there were no internet there's no internet back then on. but the, the air show is one of the things that hasn't changed that's right it's one of the few things that still draws like all the every goo that can go up for 20 miles comes around mm-hmm. and it's it, yeah you're right they have them in Charleston mm-hmm. and they're always packed yeah. I, never, I never go yeah now would you ever consider you know I know you're, you're not a big flyer but would you ever consider mounting a, one of these little aircraft and racing them around would I yeah well, I, you know, I will say, not to give away the game too much, but it doesn't seem that tough. <laughs> I mean, I was really killing it. It doesn't seem there. that dangerous either. No. You always seem to survive. I was doing so. great, so maybe I would. <laughs> you know, these were real things. You know, I, I looked up a little information on the old air rally. Like, you know, we're talking about air shows, but they had these racing planes. I guess they still have them. So this is a thing. People actually do this. Yeah, they race in planes. it was a real thing that they, they race these planes around. Really? You know, I wouldn't do that either. And you can imagine what was going on. Like, it's like the... Like the 40s or 30s, mm-hmm. you're out in one of these little cruddy planes. No, nah, I don't think so. But they did it. Would you rather be, if you were going to be some sort of a stunt man, like a evil Knievel type? Yeah. Would you rather be a uh, motorcycle jumper, or could you be one of these wing walker people? Could I be one? Listen, 
How much do you value your wing? Because you really want me to go out and take a straw with that sucker. I guess most wing walkers are sort of on the petite side, That's I would right. say. Yeah. I mean, which way do I face the for least wind resistance? Which would be dead in 10 minutes? No, I don't see it. What was the other choice? Like an evil Knievel motorcycle jumper type guy. I would probably go with the motorcycle jumper. Mm-hmm. The thing is, because you can jump something small yeah. on a motorcycle. Like, you, you know, evil used that big old Harley, the big monster. Mm-hmm. I'd get one of those. And then just like... I don't know, jump a puddle or something. <laughs> Set up a ramp outside on the road you know, there. He, you know, he jumped the fountain, that big, huge fountain right. in Vegas. He yep. like mauled himself. Mm-hmm. You see the slow motion flow, just, his limbs are all getting destroyed. You can see it happening. Yeah. You know, and so I'm thinking to myself, well, I can't jump a fountain like that. But maybe like turn one of those kids' water fountains sideways. And there you go. Over that. You could jump your pool here in the backyard. That's right. Well, no, that's too big. That's, that's way too but big. But if you don't, if you miss it, you just land in the water. That's well, the key. Well, the thing is, it's empty. Oh. <laughs> and also, the water that's in it's rather. Did you heavy. drain your pool? Yeah. What do you think? It just left it out there full yeah. all winter. I figure that's how you maintain it. Listen, because we live in West Virginia, we don't have to act like hillbillies. I drain my pool. <laughs> okay. Good Lord. Would you? Which one would you pick? I can't imagine you getting on the side of a plane. I don't know. I feel like wing walking might be a little bit safer because you are bolted down. You know, you're not actually walking out there. Like, you're bolted down. You've got bolts over your feet. And, you, you know, you just stand up and you, you kind of dance. What do you mean you got bolts over your feet? What's that mean? Yeah. Like when you're a wing walker, like yeah. you're not, it's not as if you're like doing the cha-cha, you right. know, what out on there. Those guys and on? so what you, what, what happens is they stand on a thing and there's like staples, you know, there's, there's these things that you, you set oh, your feet into. Right. And then when you're up there, then you just kind of. But you, it seems like if they hit some turbulence, something, couldn't you violently fly off the plane? I think that's why they don't have wing walkers Do those anymore. guys have parachutes and stuff on or they just walk out there with nothing? The ones that I've seen don't seem to have any sort of safety equipment. Yeah. It's like pole setting and that stuff. Like you just you don't do that. Yeah. That was now, dumb. I'll tell you what you don't see anymore either is the old plate spinners. Remember yeah, yeah you do it every circus and acrobatic show there's always some goof spinning those plates. Really? Yeah. Haven't you ever seen that guy? Chinese acrobat. Because I remember like on the old, like sometimes I watch the old Ed Sullivan shows yeah. and stuff. They always have a plate spinner on there. How did there. you make the, the leap from wing walking to plate spinning? I'm talking about, you know, potentially hazardous less, activities. Far it's less like, deadly. <laughs> the deadly part's when you're up there spinning plates and you break a bunch of Eve comes out there to kill you. That's then true. you got problems. That's true. Aaron, I think it's time we've left. Yeah, we've, let's get the heck out of here. We left the reservation a long time ago. We uh, It's time to talk about this week's Amiga News. Yeah. Man. All right, Aaron. We have an update here on this uh, Kickstarter we talked about last week. That's right. Um, we got to get into it again. Folks. Stephen Jones and his uh, his. How, what would you call this Kickstarter, Aaron? Because you're, you're not a, kickstarting a monitor exactly. Well, I mean, it's part of a monitor. Mm-hmm. You're, part, you're getting by part of a monitor. Now, listen. When we we covered this a couple weeks ago, last week we sort of skimmed past the news for the most part. I think we just didn't get any gathered up. But this week, we're hard into it. We're hard into and it. And I wanted to do an update because this thing's got 15 big days left. And I'm not going to lie to you. When I saw what Steve Jones, Stephen Freight Trains Jones was asking for here, I thought there's no way he's getting over a quarter of a million U.S. bucks. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a 0% chance. But now, because the power this guy's got, the jack, the credibility... They've got they're almost halfway to the house here, hundred and twelve thousand nine hundred fifty-five bucks uh, out of the possible two hundred fifty-five thousand bucks. Pretty impressive uh, with this. I've had a lot of discussions with people about the uh, about this monitor here, the retro st- mo- styled modular IPS display. 
And uh, some people are down. Some people are right. I know some people actually put their money down on this. So, you know, good luck. I mean, I guess, and I hope if it gets funded that that the second part of the funding goes as smoothly as it yeah, can. Yeah, no, I think that was what we didn't quite understand when we talked about this before. So break it down for me because I'm not sure I understand. Well, when you buy the monitor, uh, you get no LCD panel. So you're the buying monitor. the shell. You're buying the shell. And I Are think you buying the, the GBS board for the back? I think you're getting uh, one, uh, one of those or two of those. I'm not so sure how that goes, but you're not. The main thing is you get no you get no screen with the monitor, so you're basically getting a plastic shell. Okay. For and I, I'm looking at like the pricing here. I think we're you're a 269 buckaree dude. So that's white. Two hundred thirty. Yeah, three. Yeah, three hundred and thirty U.S. dollars. That's right. So for 330 U.S. dollars, you get this, and then the this is all his plan was. Then it's this sort of like a payment. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to take all that wad mm-hmm. that they make, and they're going to use it to figure out what the LCD panel situation is going to be. He's got some ideas or whatever, uh, I, and I know he's some of these have gone out in the wild and people have tested them or whatever. But I don't know how you could call it testing when you don't know what you're going with. Mm-hmm. It's all. It's all weird to me, you know. But so when you when they do find the panel, is there going to be a second Kickstarter that no, funds no, the panel? No, no, no. The second Kickstarter, you just you pay in the money. Okay. Pay in the money. But now, you don't know how much that extra money is going to be yet, I right? Mean, if it was me, mm-hmm. all right. If I was, I don't know. If I had a lot of cash just lying around, right? You know, I would buy this. I would just go find my own. I would just go source my own freaking LCD panel. I got tons of four by three monitors in here, so I don't even. You know, it doesn't bother me. But right. I, could, I guarantee I could find one. If I could put a monitor in that 1950 television, I could find one for anything. Sure. It's impossible yeah. not to find one. But that, the second payment will be whatever the cost. And I guess he's going to even have different varieties of screens, maybe. Mm-hmm. The thing is, the way it was pitched is that some of these uh, uh, inner... Uh, some of these blades that go in the back, the different the different I.O. boards. The, the, they they call them pods. Pods, thank you. Uh, they're going to have different abilities, you know, but a lot of that depends on the frequencies and some of the LCD panels that they end up getting and what their abilities are to. So you're saying there's still a lot of unknowns. There is a lot of unknowns. There's mm-hmm. a lot of unknowns. So if you're, if you're feeling froggy, you know, and you're like a gambler, mm-hmm. or... If you've gotten one of Steven's other uh, projects, like a checkmate, the checkmate, mm-hmm. and you know, and you're like, listen, this guy's solid gold money. Or if you're trying to complete like a set or right. whatever, you want to have a nice looking monitor for your checkmate. You know, but I will case. say, at, at, with all due respect to Steven, I did not think this would even get this far. So that shows you the kind of jack that he's got in the community. So I thought we'd have a look at that. And I also want to mention, just while we're here, uh, congratulations for the retro hour guys. They did in fact get their uh, book funded. Yeah, so they're they're in the they're in the black, brother. So congratulations, boys. All right, boat. Let's move along. What do we got here? Yeah. So uh, as you know, uh, we are on year number eight, I believe, of Amigathon. Yeah. And uh, this is our yearly uh, charity marathon benefiting Children's Miracle Network. Uh, in the past. Uh, we have always done these in June. It's always been a summer event, or July, or, July, yeah. or even August, yeah. I think. It's always been in the summer. However, uh, Boat Fest is, uh, has turned into an annual event. 
there will be much more. Uh, at least there'll be two. At least there'll be two. Uh, so there'll be much more to come about Boat Fest in the coming weeks. Uh, but uh, because of that, we want to not overcrowd our summer with activities. So we are moving a meathon back to February. February, a month where not a lot goes on, not a whole lot going Too on. Cold. Yeah, and so why not hunker down, get yourself a nice cup of cocoa, cuddle up I with a blanket, yeah. and uh, and and watch us play Amiga games for about twelve hours. Yeah, this should be good. This- Saturday, February eighteenth, from eight a.m. to eight p.m. Uh, we are opening. The donations are not going to open till the first of the year, but uh, we wanted to uh, put that out there for people to get that on their calendars. We always get a nice turnout. It's always a real fun time. Yeah, uh, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be happening. Yeah. Uh, listen, uh, we had uh, let's 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 just take it to the house here. Last year we had boat fest. Then we had a turnaround. Was like limited. Yeah. On on boat on uh, the Amigathon, and we talked with this even then. We we're like, mm. man, we didn't really think this through. Right. I know that's a stunning revelation, but we right. didn't think it through. And so we thought, yeah, it's going to be just as easy just to move it move it around. Plus it. We have like an event in now. We'll have an event, a big event in February. We'll have mm-hmm. a big event in June. We'll have a big event in November. So they're right. kind of spread out like that. What's our big like, event in November? Thanksgiving marathon. Oh brother. yeah. Oh man, how soon we forget? Just a couple. I just know. Last week. I know. So that I like it. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. We always have a good time, and we'll get a little bit more time to spend pondering what we're going to do, although I thought last year was super fun. I think we're going to do what we did last <laughs> was, year, which like, is sit around and play Amiga games. And I want <laughs> listen, while we're here, we want to thank everybody that donated last year. Do you remember what, uh, what the, uh, we got a chip for how much money being raised? Do you remember what it was? Oh, I mean, we, well, we, yeah, we've sold over $10,000. Over $10,000. And I say we, because we're just the suckers basically holding the tin cup. We appreciate everybody digging in. Um, we know this was kind of a quicker turnaround. So, again, anytime we do something like this, don't feel like obliged to throw money around. But it does go directly to the Children's Miracle Network. We'll talk more about it when the day comes. But this gives you a little bit of uh, lead-in time. That's right. So, it should be a lot of fun. To, you know, I I even had fun with the Brent. So, I know I'll have a lot of fun with you. And we actually had fun with the Brent when we did, the, when we did it last time. So, that was a good time, Boat. Let's move along here, Boat, uh, and talk about the new... Doug video, Tin Mark, our boy. Did you happen to watch? This? I did. I watched this. Holy smoke! You watched this. I watched this? this, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Well, I didn't actually watch it. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, I can't believe it. This this came up on my feed uh, last week, and I was, you know, I was sort of feeling tired. It was in the middle of the day. I felt like bedding down for a little nap. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, oh, this is a Doug video. You know, I might as well put this on. And I'll tell you what. Not only did I not go to sleep, but I ended up listening to the entire thing and learning a lot. Yeah. Okay. You did? So this is about uh, the, a, a RAM expansion. Yeah. Okay. This isn't the kind of thing that normally lights my internal fire. It's the guy you know go faster, spelled cool guy style. Look at the... Listen, there was a particularly cool fellow yeah. that put that together faster oh, yeah. with a three uh-huh. and a Z. When they put the Z and the three in there, you it's know it's go, yeah. Gotta go faster, 256 megabyte Zorro three card. Listen, who, how could this not be riveting? Yeah. So uh, it's interesting because Doug talks about why you might actually want to put 256 megs of RAM in your Amiga. Yeah. He immediately slams you and me. <laughs> I know. Immediately. I know. He's like, I'm not just playing. This is the, most Amiga don't want to just play games. Right. I got that too. Right. I was like, we do. Right. And so, uh, but then he talks about how when you're working with images, it requires a lot of RAM because they actually, these images unpack in RAM. Yeah. Even if they're uncompressed, they uncompress more. 
more. Yeah, valid point. Um, and, valid and, point, and, Ram. and he goes on to talk about the Zoro card. I didn't realize that Zoro cards were not keyed. This seems to be a dumb decision well, on the part of Commodore. Yeah, I've heard I've heard people that have run into trouble. Yeah, yeah. To build Zorro slides. But what are you going to do? It was new that no one had ever invented a slot like that. That's true. That's true. So anyway, Doug, he gives it the thumbs up. Uh, he goes in. He, he puts it through its space. It does give you all of that memory. Yeah. So if you are looking for a memory expansion uh, for your big box Amiga, uh, this is probably a good way to go. You know, here's the thing about Doug. All right, I'm going to put Doug over, right? Because, like, a lesser man doesn't get this video over. Mm -hmm. And on top of everything else, a lesser man, they can't just drop the hammer on all the Amiga gamers and just and literally skip away laughing. Right. But Doug's intelligence is so vast. His knowledge is so comprehensive mm -hmm. that all I can he laugh at you, skip away. Then he can tell you why you're dumb and you agree. That's true. That's true. So if you can get over, you can get that over. You're you're all man, Doug. So yeah, check this out. Listen, if you're an Amiga person, you gotta go see Doug. He's always got it going on, but. All right, next up, Aaron, we got some gaming news. I haven't seen this one. I know you're a huge fan of the film Last Action Hero. It stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Even I, connoisseur of trash, thought this was pretty dumb. Yeah, I do like the guy with the contact lenses. That's the only good part. Remember that with the happy faces? So the um, there is a an enhanced hack version of this. Hack okay. is the opportune word here uh, that has been coming out. And you can... This picture? Is he being victimized by a cheerleader? <laughs> it looks like it's, it's the mean streets. He's being menaced by a cheerleader. One of, one of the village people and a cheerleader. I like there's a guy with so an axe sweet. and a biker hat. He's running from... The cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, Amiga. Amiga Live actually put this together, uh, which is why which is why it caught my eye. And uh, there are some uh, different things that he's done to enhance this game. So if you're a fan of the Last Action Hero, uh, you can check this out. And uh, and and. and oh. You know it's going. Yeah, diagnosis diagnosis did it. So you're telling me Amiga Live is also like a hack guy? That's right. That's right. He does it all. I had no idea, by the way, you know when the dome's involved. Do you remember, have we ever played this? We have not done Last Action Hero. We if not. we do do it, we're going to definitely play the the upgraded version, yeah. right? Yeah. Look at this. He's beating up the cheerleader. That doesn't look too, well, it's pretty, I mean, it doesn't look too bad. If I like, if I just saw well, this. Well, it's I'm definitely like, got the trademark Amiga, I don't know how to walk main character. Well, it's probably, so. I mean, this is why you NTSC this thing all yeah. up. You got to crank it up. Look at that guy. He's <laughs> strutting down this. That's the way I walk. <laughs> This doesn't look that bad to me. No, mode. no, it looks good. So, anyway, you can check that out over at IndieRetroNews.com. So, so, some of the changes include unlimited continues, selectable lives up to nine. Yeah. Uh, your health is 100% restored with all food types <laughs> and increased move speed. So, this is this is faster. So, he made this boat and air compatible. We don't have to worry about, that, you know, losing. That's right. <laughs> Sounds good to me. That's yeah. right. Well done, Amiga Live. Thumbs up. By the way, check out Amiga Live over at Amiga Live. Live. He's got he's got, he's the man over there. Well done. That's neat. All right. I'm excited about that. It's the last. Well, I'm gonna try that. So now we have a your daily dose of Chris Edwards. Now, oh man, Aaron, I have not watched this, but I figured that you did. I did watch it, of course. I, I did watch it. 
this is, I mean, there's not a ton to this one. The, the real, the thing that I found out today that make, is far more interesting. Chris Edwards lives in an immaculate house. That's what blew yep. my, did you see that yep. picture of his like I could not believe, area? I could not believe, because normally when you get a guy that's got a, a setup like this, yeah. you figure he's going to have his life is going to set up like this. Yeah. But no, Chris Edwards leads a double life. He's he's one of Marie Kondo's greatest disciples as well <laughs> as being a Commodore genius. Yeah. And so this is, I mean, this is, basically exactly what it says it is. It's the A4091 SCSI 2 adapter. He does, I will say, he unpacks this thing. And the, whoever put this together, they knew their shtick. Because look at that manual and stuff. It, it, looks, it looks just like the old It guy. literally looks like it was like a, 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 a legit Commodore product. And he said it even had the heft and, and, and the gloss you would expect from an item. Now, he also goes on to say that this board here... Apparently, he badgered and, and, and cajoled his way to get this special colored board. Mm. Cool guy color. Yeah, purple, purple. Royal purple. Yeah. He's a big Prince guy, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so, to what you're looking at here, if you're watching the video version of this, this is the, the SCSI car in all its glory. It's got a gimmick there where you can strap the drive to it. Mm-hmm. You know, looks nice, uh, man. And uh, he, you know, puts it through its, uh, you know, it looks through all the gimmick. I don't think, as I recall, it doesn't, this isn't the video where it actually installs it. This is the unboxing video. So, but yeah, good stuff as always. Uh, and I like the fact that he, you know, when you've got the kind of jack that Chris Edwards has got, you can strong arm suckers into doing your will. And that's what he did. We don't have any of that, do we? Says it's $225. That's a, now. is that a good deal? Well, for a SCSI card? I mean, I don't know. Sure. I'm saying it Who's is. Who's using SCSI anymore, in all honesty? Does anybody use it? When was the last time you had a SCSI drive in your hand? Well, I tell you, I could have used one. I was trying to get some stuff off a of zip drive the other day. Yeah. And I ordered a zip drive off YouTube, the yeah. old un- or off eBay, the old untested special. Yeah. Guess what? It didn't work. Well, what did they say? It was untested. Yeah, they said it? it was untested. and They said no return. Well, so why I did you think? Why did you think it was going to happen? Because it was only twenty bucks, and the rest of them were like a hundred dollars. See, what you need to do now is you need to unfurl your strong arm and ship this to Chris Edwards and say, "Listen, I want this fixed, and I want the color change." I already well. ripped it apart, destroyed it, and threw it away. You mean you tried to fix it? I tried it, to fix but it, but you're an inept. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. man. It, it didn't go well. well it did not, go. It did not go. go well. By the way, Chris Evers is in the chat. He says that he uses this thing for the uh, SCSI to SD. That, mm. well, that does make sense. Okay. I'll give you that. All right. So that's, that's why we're not doing this. That's crap. what you you got one of those in your old uh, IBM XT, right? Don't you have some sort of uh, SD gimmick that works uh, from it SCSI? Didn't, it didn't work. Um, it didn't work, uh, so I gave up. I'd have ripped it apart, too. That's what I'd do, too. <laughs> Super delivery boy, Aaron. Oh, man, I've been this guy. Has got an update here. And before you click into the video this time, let's actually read about what it is. Uh, this is, of course, uh, a game. This is a platformer, if you remember, that has, uh, you are, it's sort of like, um, what's that, UG? Remember UG? Yeah. Okay, so a picture of UG, yeah. except instead of picking up and dropping off people, yeah. you're picking up and dropping off presents to people. Oh, I see. So it's sort of that space taxi type thing and this is a new holiday shift update this gives you a persistent high score it gives you an improved menu screen and a couple bug fixes uh, this is of course uh, one of the big hits of the amiga ocs ecs scene that's happened uh here lately and uh i think that i'm going to be checking this out and i'll tell you why because this is a game that's right up my alley 
So this was a game that existed before now, but this is the special Christmas this edition. This is the Christmas edition, and like I said, it has some updates and bug fixes, but that persistent high score, I always appreciate games to do that. It does look cute. Yeah. There's it, no doubt about it. It's It's got all the hallmarks and stuff you like. It does. Little platforms, little cutesy, little, little uh, freaks. Yep. Rolling head for some reason. <laughs> you know, just down there. So Heads will cool. roll. This looks a lot easier than Ugg, uh, too. Yeah. I mean, Ugg was really tough. Yeah. You know, Space yeah. Tights ain't easy. That's tough. So anyway, you can... With the background, too. Very pretty. Yeah, yeah. it's got the gradient special. So you can uh, check out Super Delivery Boy in the update. Thanks to Saberman for putting up this YouTube and, of course, Indie Retro News. Yeah, very good. Good one, Boat. All right, Aaron. Our final story. Have yourself a Miggy Christmas. Oh, man. The new issue of Amiga Addict has been released, and it's a banger, as the kids say. You're using the jargon? I am. You know what else kids say? I don't know. They say it slaps. Really? Like, I heard a kid say, man, pepperoni rolls slap. Really? He's yeah. not wrong. It was pepperoni drill day at school yesterday. Yeah, I heard they were under par at Hurricane. It's they were not under par here. They were too small. It's oh, like, oh, they load us up at Winfield. Listen, I think this is straight up fire. I'm going to use it. I got something. I like it. I like now, your it's words. It's a big addict. And it's got that, you're right, the man. Now, let's discuss this for a minute. Yeah. We know Paul Kitching. Uh, who also did, did our back, did a couple of our backdrops because he's a heck of a guy. He did. He worked in film, mm-hmm. you know, and here he is back again with the Amiga Attic cover. I don't know what was the first one he's done. You figure? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Because, I don't know. Uh, you could. You, he could probably draw one every month. Yeah. Want to? Because they're all gold. Yeah. Now, I looked at this beautiful holiday. If you're listening at home, it's a desk with an Amiga. A, a monitor in the background, you got a Christmas tree. And I thought to myself, what a beautiful, blissful scene. Now, what's the first thing you saw, Boat? Can of baked beans sitting beside the Amiga. Can of baked beans. And I'm telling <laughs> tell the people at home what you asked the Discord well, the I know, you saw this. I know that the British people have a somewhat unhealthy obsession with Heinz baked beans. Is it specifically okay? Heinz? Yeah, it's specifically Heinz, and All you right. put the beans on toast. Beans on toast, it's a thing. All right. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. So they like a lot of weird food. But I have never seen anybody eating baked beans right out of the can because baked beans come in a can then they don't come hot you know i'm not a big i'm like you i'm not the world's biggest fan of baked beans yeah i think they're kind of nasty but if i want to eat baked beans they got to be hot they got to be piping hot So they don't warm them up well that's what i was asking because how are you going to warm up a can of baked beans in the can it's real simple what do you do have you ever warmed anything up in a can no what you do is you pop the top Uh uh-huh sit on a burner you let it sit there for a while. Then really? You, yeah, and then you're done. I've never done it's that. It's metal. Yeah, but how are you going to grab it? Let me you get you a, like a, what do they call those gimmicks, pan holder, pot holder gimmick, and you just hold that thing. And then what are you doing? And if you're particularly manly, you just grab it. You, you start chucking it, it down. True. It depends how hot you want What it. have you heated in that way? I'm nothing. Oh, no, that's not true. I think I did some dip one time. I remember doing some dip. In, in a, a can. can? In a can. You just better get dip in a can. Mm. You know, I don't mean like... Tobacco. I mean, like you know, like you know, for, <laughs> yeah, to, for like in. the like the thing that the Chud makes all the you time. Know? But people eat beans. You remember Dusty Rhodes' his famous speech? Hard times, brother. No, he said, "I've wined and dined with kings and queens, and sat in the back alley eating pork and beans." That's, that's a great that's, line. That's, did he Dusty write that? Rhodes. Yeah, Dusty Rhodes. Of course he did. He's Dusty Rhodes. Hmm. So I can. But I mean, 
I don't like beans. I used to have those pork and beans. Yeah. And remember, uh, uh, those weren't good either. Beanie weenie. I don't like toast all that much. Really? I mean, I mean it's okay. But it's man. Like, it's not like I'm sitting around like, man, I can't wait to spread beans on toast. That, like, yeah. Why don't you not put something better on the toast? You figure you got toast. You got you to do jam or something yeah. or a piece of bologna. Well, I think that beans on toast is like, that's like the main course in Britain. Spam? That's Listen, Spam's got a bad rep. That's good eating. I don't mind spam at all. No. What about the Venus sausages? Yeah, those are good I, I do kind of mind those. What's those the problem? Are a bit, they're a little oh, bit those nasty. Are tasty. And you get the barbecue flavor ones, man, you're good to go. No. What about treat? Yeah, yeah, you can do treat. Now, what I don't like is that the spreadable meat. What's mm. that stuff called? Uh, that's pate. That's the... Is that what a yeah, pate label? That's, that's what pate is. Is that what that is? I don't like I'm not down with that. I don't want to spread the meat. You know, that's not good. I mean, that's, that's, Me neither. That's a little tidbit. So don't ever ask. You know what I'm saying? That's Merry Christmas, everyone. From Amiga Addict. It looks great. It looks great. I can't wait to read it. It's got the little disc there. Mm-hmm. I think it looks dandy. It does. And it our own... We've got so many people in our Discord that work on this. That's right. That's right. Pixels of Dawn, editor in chief, and uh, of course Jonah Naylor, the man behind the mag. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He's also he's a man of many talents. Mm -hmm. I believe his keyboard gimmick is coming down. And also Pixel Addict, their latest issue just dropped. So there's a lot going on. It's never been a better time. Look at all the people in the community that are good writers. Yeah. You know they got books and magazines. Mm -hmm. You know we should put out a pamphlet. Yeah, what or maybe you, a flyer. We can talk about the various types of meat you can put on toast. That's for Christmas, everybody. You're welcome. <laughs> That's all you need. Man, have we done with the news yet? My God. We're done. Let's get We're the done. Heck out of here. It's time to talk about Retro Rewind, Aaron. Oh, man. I love you, Retro Rewind. You know, we were just talking about what happens when you put in his word card backwards. <laughs> It's called boating it up. Yep. That's what it's called. That's right. First thing you do is box that bad boy up and send it to Frank. Let me tell you something. If you, if you had an Amiga 4000, just if you just touched one, I would send it to Frank. Yeah. Just to be on the safe just side. Just to be on the safe side. Listen, if you have a Commodore computer and you would like to upgrade it with hardware or software, or if you have a broken machine, there's no place better to send it to than Retro Rewind. And you can find them at RetroRewind.ca. They are a full-service supplier of parts, software and hardware for your classic Commodore and Tandy color computers. And they have a crack staff of repair team members yeah. that will fix any problem. They'll write any wrong and they will do it for a song. I just saw that one of the uh, discord members has just picked up the uh, Coco SD. The, the funny thing is he doesn't have a Coco yet. As for what I read in the thing. So they, that's now you, you're halfway home. Yeah. The yeah. Coco is actually easy. You get that because it used to be where you couldn't get the Coco SDC. Mm-hmm. Frank came along. Bam. Now everyone's getting them. Everybody's you know, they don't getting have them. a cocoa. Yeah. If you need if you need something fixed, right? Frank and his staff, he's got what several decades of experience, mm-hmm. and he's got top qual- quality uh, machinery to take care of your business. Listen, we don't just say this crap. We saw it, brother. He worked on my Vectrix. He worked on computers. Him and Jason worked on computers from morning, noon, and night at Boat Fest nonstop. And everyone came out of there smiling. Yeah. They were happy. Their computers were glistening in the evening sun. It was glorious. This is the kind of power that you can get from RetroRewind.ca. That's right. And you can save 10% off any purchase at RetroRewind by using the promo code AMIGOS10 at checkout. We thank RetroRewind for being an official sponsor of Amigos. Right on, brother. Aaron, let's talk about GB Air Rally. Right on.
You know, Aaron, we were talking about mall organ music <laughs> yeah, a listen, couple weeks ago. If the low beat from GB round doesn't fire you up, I don't know what would. You have got to get excited when that kicks on. You know, it's like the old uh, Green Acres thing. Remember that guy used to come out? Remember that weird noise? Like, what makes that noise? It's like they're squeezing an animal to get that sound to come out. It's like the a power weasel? of the polish hit. That's right, man. Can, can simulate the sound of a squeezed weasel. So... <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's it. Tell us about GB Air Rally, won't you, Aaron? I will. You know, I will say I, I, I first stumbled upon this uh, when I was streaming. It's been, it hasn't been that long ago either. I was, I was, someone was like, "Hey, play GB Air Rally," and I was like, "Okay, what's that?" And I was like, "Holy smokes, this looks interesting." Uh, this came out in the uh, early daring days of yeah. the Amiga, early release, nineteen eighty-seven, and really. People are like, oh, the Amiga came out in 85. Eh, I mean, eh, maybe, sort of. But there wasn't anything out for it. You have to, and in 86, they were blindly stumbling. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what was going on. So we're at 87. It's the first year you got everything to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so this is an early gimmick here. Uh, published by Activision. Sort of developed by Activision. It was designed by Steve Cartwright and Gene Smith. I looked into these two guys and heard of them. Uh, Gene Smith... Uh, responsible for bar games. You know, one of my personal favorites, Boat. Uh, he also did a Little Computer People in Amiga and Shanghai. Wow. So was, yeah, not a bad not a bad lineup there. Steve Cartwright. Now, he, I'd heard of him, too. He's a, you know, these are active, as you guys. So they're sort of legendary. He, on the Amiga, he did Altered Destiny, Fast Break, and the Hacker games. Remember those Hacker mm-hmm. 1, Hacker 2? Mm-hmm. I always wanted to be good at those, but... Much like real hacking, I was it's a lot I of, was more of a, a poser, basically, or a dumpster diver. That's all I could do. Uh, the uh, design artist was Mike and Nowak, and the music from Russell Lobich. Uh, now, listen to this guy. I look because you know I like to look up who what music this guy's done. This guy's an old television guy. Oh, okay. okay. So get this. Okay. See these names, and among other things, right. He worked on Utopia. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Snafu, Night Stalker. Yeah. Love Those Night are the Stalker. heavy hitters on the television. Then you got tra- he worked on Transformers. He worked on Looking Peter People and Mech Warrior. Remember Mech Warrior, which is cool? Uh, this was produced by uh, Terry Ashida, who also worked on Meth on the on DOS. He worked on Mech Warrior Death Track, which Death is two Track. of my favorite games. F F14 Tomcat and uh, uh, Ultima Prophecy. Mm. So it's a pretty Pretty deep. It's not like these guys just staggered in. These right. are like some established guys. Right. You got Activision here, who had already been uh, in the eight bit world for a while. So it's a, they had a clue as to what they were doing. They brought some top talent in. Uh, of course, this is an OCS release because this was be- basically made for the uh, for the Amiga one thousand. Um, this got ported. I saw they could, didn't know what the lead system is on this game. I would wager it was not the Amiga. I would wager it was one of the 8-bit machines because most of the machines this got ported to were 8-bit, uh, including the Amstrads uh, family, the Commodore 64, the ZX Spectrum family all got this game. Well, it would be interesting because it could be that way or this could be another situation like, um, oh, what's that CinemaWare game, Defender of the Crown, where the lead program was the Amiga and then, and then they, 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 they went down the hill. It could be. It could very well be. Now, I want to talk about, before we get into the game proper, and I don't know if you did this or not, and I'm, you can see I highlighted this in my notes. Did you look at the docs for this game? I, no. Okay, no, I did. I you blew it, and I'll tell you why. The documentation for this game is is like 
uh, given to you in a box like a newspaper. Oh, okay. Like an old-timey newspaper. Mm-hmm. And you and you, when you open it up, it's got all these articles about about airplanes and zeppelins. So it puts you in the right frame of mind. And, oh, yeah. It's real good. Mm-hmm. It's real good. And then they've also sprinkled in, like, how do you load it? How do you do this? But it's all part of the, the ambiance. I love that. I love that. I mean, that's smart. Yeah. And the, and the thing is, coming off, like, the 8-bit line, where that, was, that stuff was more important back mm-hmm. in the day. You sort of had to, like... Spice things up, you know, and so I, I appreciated I appreciated the documentation in the game. So, uh, GB Air Rally uh, is a uh, is, is basically a game where you fly a plane in the GB Air Rally. An air rally is basically sort of like a, a motor rally, except you're flying planes around the course. Uh, the planes go about 250 miles an hour, and uh, the, this game, uh, according to the box, has 16 courses, uh, and it's got uh, three different uh, skill levels, and so it ends up adding up to 250 variable courses with between the skill levels and the uh, various courses available. Uh, this starts up with that kind of a wacky tune. Mm-hmm. It kind of gets you in the mood with the old-timey looking intro where right. you've got the uh, kind of fades in like an old-timey black-and-white movie. Uh, it's, got, uh, it's got that scenery you would expect in like the roaring 20s, the 30s. You know, where you would have that, uh, everybody's got the big mustaches, mm-hmm. and the ladies have the stuff you would think you would have at a speakeasy. They look like that. Flapper what you, girls. What did you think about the, uh, the the setup for this? Yeah, the setup is great. I wish that I would have looked at the docks. I yeah, looked at the lemon. It's killing you, isn't it? I looked at the lemon docks, and I don't remember seeing anything special. Well, you get so I should have gone on the old hollow light. But uh, this game. Uh, sets the stage well. Uh, it sort of reminds me of what I thought Stunt Car Racer would do when it loads up. To me, <laughs> Stunt wow. Car Racer could have really benefited from having a similar intro where it plays some sort of cool music and shows you a little bit about what you're doing instead of just dropping you on the track. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, that was it. There is no... Now, give right, me that. There's, right. It, it shows you that, like this one there. So there it is. Oh, yeah, that looks good. Put that, up on, put that up on the news scene there. Okay. Oops, sorry, everybody. Here we go. So this is fantastic. The Buckeye Bulletin. So yeah. I guess this this game takes place in Ohio. Well, of course, because that's the birthplace of flight, you see. Ah, uh, yes, I've you heard that. Yeah, no, but they have a fight with North I, Carolina I, about that. I, dude, I know. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Not everyone knows that. No, it's not common knowledge. Well... Uh, who is to say? But um, anyway, this looks cool. This looks great. Yeah, so I, I thought it looked nice. Thank you for pulling that up. Now, you were saying. Now, when you jump into the game, all the personality that was in the intro and in the documentation immediately falls away. Oh, instant burial mode? Because what you have is you have a, uh, it, it looks like the the, uh, the salt flats over in Nevada where they taste, where they test the fast cars. You get a an environment where there's nothing on the ground other than some, uh, some uh, what do you call those things? Sort of pylons. Pylons. That's a great Pylon. word. Mm-hmm. So you've got a, you've got your track that is laid out with you know parallel py- uh, pylons, and you've got other other planes that you're racing against, and then you have this mountainous background. Okay. Yeah. Now the color scheme will change as you as you move throughout, but if you're expecting to be racing in the in the middle of a city or on a seaside scape, sort of like an outrun type situation, you're going to be sorely disappointed with GB Air Rally. This game. Reminds me of a game you might play on, uh, uh, like you know what it reminded me of was something you might play on, like say the Atari Eight Bits or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got that sort of feeling 
where you're like, it's not, it's not like the 2600, but it's not 16 bit. It's somewhere in the middle. Well, there are, there are things about this that, that lead you to believe you're playing a 16 bit game. Probably the thing that you get the most of in this game is color. Uh, not different kinds of color, but different shades of color. Yeah. Uh, there are gradients on everything. The plane is very well detailed. Uh, the 16-bit nature of this game shines through in the color, but that's it. Like you said, if you take away the color, and we'll see this when we look at the, uh, the, the port comparison a little bit later, there's nothing that this game does in terms of scrolling, in terms of speed, that really screams at you saying, I'm playing this on a next-generation machine. It's got that ball blaster sort ball of Ball blazer. Ball blazer. Ball blazer, thank you. Ball blazer, a whole different game. <laughs> uh, but, you know, where it's got that pattern scrolling mm-hmm. and it yeah. looks real smooth. Right. But listen, you know, the thing about this is uh, they had, I played this game and I really liked it. I really liked it. I played, you know, I, I was like, man, I was good at it. I was, and uh, Now, I was winning the races, I think. Because one of the things you never know for sure, like you never really know well, okay. where you're fitting. Let's back up. What do you want out of a racing game? Okay. What I'd like to know is how I place at the end of a <laughs> so race. So it wasn't just me. <laughs> There's, you don't know what place you're in. You don't know. I mean, you know how well you do point wise because you get a bonus point for all the seconds you don't use to finish the race. But you don't, like, there's always stuff in front of you. And even when you finish the race, all the other plays just keep going down their, on their merry path. It's, it, I mean, it, they've somehow managed to regress even past pole position. Because in pole position, no matter where you are and what position you're in, you're always going to be passing cars, even if you win the race. Right. And so in this game, it's the same thing, except you know, you don't, I can't tell you how dumb it is to have a rally game, a racing game. Now, I can understand maybe a rally game where yeah. you're on a single track and and you're not making loops, but this is a game that you're on a looped track and you there's one lap. All these races are one yeah. lap. And when you complete the race, it says event complete. It ticks down your bonus score and then you immediately go right into the next race. Yeah. Or the bonus stage. Or the or bonus the stage. Scene. Yeah. So anyway, I like this game at first. I was buzzing along. I think I was doing well. Buzzing along. I, I getting, see what you did there. I was getting trophies. There's a little cutscene where you get a trophy, which is there's a hot flapper chick there mm-hmm. this, this uh, mustachioed like dork yep. that's giving you the trophy and your guys looking all manly mm-hmm. I thought that was cool then you start you fire it back up the control scheme on this is is unusual but it actually works pretty well when you go into the because basically most of what you're going to be doing is right and left turns and when you do that once you enter a turn you can let go of the joystick and your machine your play will keep turning right. and so to get it to get it to stop turning, you have to pull it back to center mm-hmm. and even go a little bit to the other way. It you know, almost kind of introduces a sort of a free floating analog stick type control yeah. to a game and like the th- this. The thing is, I actually like that. Yeah, it's because it actually because you're hugging a lot of corners in this. Right, and as you get further into the game, and of course it's a lot tighter, then you need that helps you uh, exponentially to keep your plane on the tra- on the on the course. Because uh, you know, if you're doing it yourself, you have a tendency to kind of like lose where you're at. Mm-hmm. So I like that. But I was cruising along. Every I think it's every third level you get like a bonus level uh, where you're like popping balloons, stuff like that. That which it was okay. You have a certain amount you have to pop at a certain amount of time, and then after that level, so I think it's when you get your cutscene level. Uh, there are many other planes in the game. There are different colored planes. There, every plane has sort of a solid color. 
Uh, the game has, I mean, you're, it's a lot like a pole position or something where you tap another guy. Well, you don't blow up. You just sort of whack, you fender whack them well, or whatever. That's, I don't know. Did you ever play anything on the higher difficulty I levels? I played on every level. Because yeah. the, the, that's the, the main difference is that you crash a lot easier on yeah, the higher on difficulty a higher, levels. But I mean, it was, it's not, even then, I, I was going through it pretty pretty easy. Now, the only thing that throws me on the higher levels was, like I said, the the uh, the course is thinner. They've, they've actually moved the pylons closer together. And so you have to be real tight on those corners and stuff. And you actually have to, like on the early levels, you can just go throttle full out and just go. On the old, on the later levels, you have to adjust the throttle down as you go around uh, certain areas. But even, I mean, and I did okay on the harder levels, but I was getting to the point now where I kept going off the course, you know. Mm. But, the, but the game, as I think it's as smooth as it was, it does what it sets out to do well. All right, I mean the engine on this is fine. It's not gonna, it's not like the end all be all of, of games, but it, it's fine. The problem is this game shows you its entire hand of cards like the very first time you play the very first race. There's there's no level where there's barriers in front of you. There's no levels where you're shooting each other. There's no levels where you pick up a turbo or a special power or maybe go over a hill or try to fly through clouds. There's a million things you could do with a game well, like this. You know, it's funny because when you look at a game like this and you're me. <laughs> oh, man, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> the first thing you think about is pilot wings. Because Pilot Wings is the only game that I can think of that gives you a plane controlled from this exact viewpoint. Yeah. Okay. Someone mentioned that in Discord as well. I saw it. And the uh, and when you play Pilot Wings, you're not racing. It's not a racing game, but you're doing all of those fun type things that you're talking about. Yeah. You're flying over mountains. You're flying through rings. You're taking off and you're landing. Yeah. Uh, this game. <sighs> It really would have been easy because they have these bonus games where you have to pop balloons or you have to you have to weave through different things or you know, they, they reverse the, the pylons. Uh, it would have been easy for them to just kind of maybe make the racing part of the game a smaller part of the game and just introduce different sort of challenges that you can do that would actually involve you, uh, you know, I realize that you're sort of maybe limited with how high you can fly because of the engine, but it's there should have been other things that you could do besides just race, and they should have introduced things that you could do for extra points within the race. Like say you're racing, but then you get some extra bonus points if you go through this particular you know ring or something like that. I would have liked to have seen that, and I would have liked to have the ability to land at the end of the race. You know, at the end of the race when you cross the finish line, you lose control of your plane and you just land, and it says event over. I feel like they could have introduced some additional skill points by allowing you to land your plane. I would have, I could think of a million different things you could do. By the way, I love pilot wings. I love that game. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, playing the N64 version right now. It's great. Oh yeah, it's good too. Uh, you can't go wrong with pilot wings. Mm-hmm. But with all that, I mean, this is clearly far from that. But yeah, you're right. I, that's sort of the same feeling you get, uh, except done way better. Uh, but this game, they left so much on the table here. They, like I said, like Boat mentioned, they could have had more bonus stuff. I mean, you could put environmental stuff in here, rain stuff. What would have been fun? How about a pit? Yeah. That would have been fun. Maybe yeah. you had to go in there and tune the thing up or, or mm-hmm. refuel or something. Maybe do more than one little lap. A mini-game style you know, type like thing, pit, yeah. Pit Stop 2 had, you know. Uh, there, you could have had um, something that wasn't just scrolling lines. You know, they, the colors changed. But like, any sort of terrain would have been fun. You know, at the end of the day, this is what I think, okay? This, this game comes to us from Activision. And yeah. this is not modern-day largest company in the world, Activision. This is still that Atari 2600 company, Activision, okay? Yeah. 
And they, I still think that they were still trying to make games with that same sort of 2600 mentality yeah. where you didn't have to put a lot of depth into a game. That combined with the fact that this is a 1987 Amiga release, there's not that, there's not a lot of stuff out there for the Amiga. And this is probably one of the better releases that year. Well, I, I, I tend to look at it very similarly. This what I would not be terribly surprised if this was a game that's like, okay, what we can release on multiple systems. And we can get away with it, and it's it, it, for me. It's almost reminds me of, of like a, of like a bargain game, mm-hmm. yeah. Because they didn't they didn't put enough into it for me to think this would be. I would not want to pay fifty bucks or whatever for this game. No, I would pay ten dollars for the game, maybe. You know, something else that would have been great. This is really any sort of multiplayer would have made this exponentially better. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if they would have split the screen. I mean, but we know the Amiga can do it. Yeah. I don't know if they knew that in in uh, in nineteen eighty seven. Uh, but uh, any sort of split screen or any sort of like a null modem, I mean, I know, well, here we go. But I'm just saying, this would have been more fun with two people. At least you can yeah, ram yeah, each other. It's not like in Stuck Car Racer, you know? You have you have this cluster of gauges at the bottom of the screen yeah. that does nothing. Uh, your yeah, throttle, your throttle has two positions. It has pretty. It has like a oh, half. No, it, yeah. You can go middle. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's got two positions, halfway or all the way. Yeah. Um, you know, it just it just seems like there's this just seems like a, a half baked effort. Yeah, all yeah. around. I mean it. It reminds me of a company that's trying to get their footing in the 16-bit world. Yeah, and, and it would so, be interesting to know if this maybe this was Activision's first game for the the, the Amiga. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I mean, it's got to be. If it's not the first, it's got to be amongst the first. Mm-hmm. It's eighty-seven. And if this was a game that started on the Amiga and kind of and they uh, you know and matriculated down to the uh, to the other systems. You know, maybe they were wanting something they didn't think they'd have much trouble uh, cloning on the other I machine. guarantee you they were thinking about you that know. because there were certainly a lot more C64s being sold in 1987 than uh, than Commodore Amiga. Right, right. But, of course, you know, maybe they were just trying to cash in. Maybe they saw this. They saw it wouldn't be too difficult to port it up. You never know. Rob has a great idea for two-player mode. One guy flies and the other guy's the wing walker. There you walker. go. Speaking of other uh, ports of this... Uh, we did just for fun. I lined up the uh, ZX Spectrum release of this, and as Boat mentioned, uh, it's not all that far off. Although whoever's flying this, that looks like they're heading to Tahiti. Uh, but uh, uh, the uh, you know it, the ZX Spectrum is a capable machine uh, uh, of doing games like this. We've seen it before, you know, uh, and you know, and so this game is not. It's not beyond my ability to comprehend that they would probably clone this down, you know, port it down as opposed to porting it up, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, the Spectre version looks pretty good. To yeah, me, yeah. The plane, the plane is very detailed, you know, and there's no more detail on the ground than there is in the Amiga version, you know. And there, uh, we should mention, amongst aside from the just the normal racing, there's also and the balloon popping. There's also events where you have to work in and out of different colored mm-hmm. uh, cones or pylons. Those are just as fun as they sound. They're they're not. And the funny thing is, the other planes are doing it too, and they just. I mean, the other planes don't have any personality. And they just they just roll along, like in their pre-programmed path. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds like I'm asking too much for the game. Maybe I am, uh, but I would. You know, I can see where a game like this, with a few minor tweaks, and about and they could have added anything to it. But and, if, and here's something you don't hear about Amiga games that often. I wanted to mention this too before we close it up. This game's too easy. 
I mean, even on medium, it's too easy. You have to really... I had to put it on hard to have any sort of challenge. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's where you have to play it. you got to play it on hard. But I don't mind that. I, I Give me any game... That that offers three levels of difficulty. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash it. I guarantee you that you could not complete the whole the whole uh, the circuit and hard mode. Yeah, I'd be asleep by the oh yeah, hard it'd be hard. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So I th- I don't have any qualms about the you know, difficulty. All the years we've been doing this show, have we ever said something that was it's so incredibly easy? I don't think we've ever said that. I don't think it ever happened. That something was so easy that we complained about it. Um, in terms of reviews, before we get to the disco reviews, I'll give you the magazine slant on it. Lemon gave this a 6.57. For once, I think they're in the right ballpark. Uh, this game wasn't what I would call widely praised, even when it was released. Uh, Ace gave this a 679 out of 1,000, or 67%. Amiga Computing gave us a 55 Commodore User, 8 out of 10. Info, 3 out of 5. The Games Machine, 63. Your Amiga, 82, for a combined average score of 67%. I don't think that is... That's certainly... I don't think this is an F. I think there's a good game here. It's a fun game. But, I mean, it's a low effort, like you said, a low effort action. How do we do on the Discord on this boat? Uh, We got our first review comes in from Lobsterminator. He says, a racing game in three dimensions. The basic idea is very fun. A normal racing game, except now you can also go over and under your opponents. Unfortunately, that's pretty much all the game offers. Compared to car racing, airplanes would really warrant crashes being more punishing. Instead, it felt more like flying bumper cars. As it is, you don't spend nearly enough attention avoiding to avoid the other planes. The simple controls fit the game, but it had a strange auto steering in turns. It at first assumed it was only on the easiest difficulty, but no, it was even on Ace. It made the controls feel like they were not totally in your power, and it started to annoy me. On Novice, you can pretty much go full speed into the curves with little worry. On Ace, you really need to watch your throttle and also uh, in, in speed, and it's very challenging right from the beginning. The game is decent, but they didn't incorporate the element of flying enough. It could have used some obstacles which you need to fly over or under, or something that really made you think about the height axis. My score gives a bit of slack because it's a pretty early Amiga game. It's worth a try if you've not played it. 7 out of 10. There you go. When I loaded... Oh, Ben's writes... When I loaded this game up, I got strong Pilot Wings vibes. Me too. This is pretty simple air race fair, though, with race levels punctuated with bonus stages. The game moves along at a reasonable clip without ever feeling that you are traveling at the suggested 250 miles per hour. This is not helped by a lack of ground detail whizzing past you to emphasize the speed that you are supposed to be traveling at. The ground is devoid of any detail save for the occasional posts you can find yourself heading into. I really like the idea of air racing. Having the ability to duck below and soar above opponents as well as side to side certainly adds something to the races. Sadly, each race is pretty short, being a single lap in length. The game also seems to have some sort of steer assist, which rather than helping is something that you find yourself fighting against. Overall, it's an interesting idea, and while the game is not terrible, these just there just isn't enough here to keep you interested for very long. Worth a look just for the parachuting pilot animation when you crash. Six out of ten. You know, great minds think alike. Because I was, I was just sitting here thinking, I wonder what Activision released near in the, in the mid '80s, and Flack jumped in. Bam! With some, so I looked to see what they had. So according to Flack here in the chat, six Amiga games in '86 and four in '87. So I look, I was like, I wonder what they've got here. So just for fun, I looked. The hackers. Okay. The hackers, so and those again, those were coming up uh, from the uh, from the old machine. 
GBA Championship Basketball. You may remember that from the Amiga show, or that's the thing oh, I did commentary okay, on, they got okay. a, which was god-awful, a horrible game. Uh, they also did a GFL Championship Football in 87. And Thexter. Thexter, yeah. Thexter's a mixed bag. Uh, it's, a, it's not a mixed bag. Championship it's golf, a bad bag. Championship baseball. These are just some... These are the ones that they uh, published and probably had a hand in making. So you're looking at uh, mostly poor, like stuff coming up from the stuff they could share with the 8-bit machines uh, before they truly tried to put something together that would be a 16-bit exclusive. Companies probably were also testing the waters on this machine that cost a lot of money. There was not a whole lot of information about it. How many people are going to buy it? You don't know if the Amiga is going to be mm-hmm. a hit in 87. So you can understand why they would be uh, rather hesitant. But I, I would agree with the people in Discord. It sounds like they hated the steering more than I did. Yeah, I didn't mind the steering. I thought it was kind of cool, like you said. So. Yeah, so there you go. Live and learn, boat. Good stuff, though. I, I, I recommend giving this a whirl, but expect to spend maybe 20 minutes on it. I'd yeah. Say. Let's move on to see what's been going on on our YouTube channels this week. Right on, brother. So we had just a couple releases uh, this week, uh, both. The first of which we'll talk about here is we just filmed this last week. It was I Asked the Amigos with special guest appearance from the Brent in the house. What'd you think of this one, both? I had a lot of fun with this one. This was We did this before Amigos, which was weird. No. I'm used to finishing up the night with one of these, but uh, there were some good questions, and uh, it was nice having uh, Brent's viewpoint on some of these things, too. Yeah. Nah, it's never, that's never a good thing. That's never a good thing. And, you know, I will say, uh, Bo, we should talk about this because uh, we we filmed this. We The audio on this was real funky because we stuck we just basically stuck a microphone out in 23 of us. But we have upgraded. You want to talk about our upgraded sound? Yeah. yeah I think this is a good time to talk about it. So hopefully we sound better or at least as good as we have in the past. We have upgraded our uh, audio setup. Since pretty much we started the podcast, we've been using this thing called the Task Cam 4x4. Yeah. It takes been, you to task. It's an unending stream of hate in yeah. audio form. Yeah, uh, we kept using it because it was it was what we bought. And uh, but uh, you know, I told Aaron uh, a couple weeks ago. I was like, Aaron, uh, we've gotta we've gotta do better. How many times have I complained about that thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you're constantly complaining. And then when I tell you how much new stuff costs, you're like, it's too expensive. Well, I know, cheap. It's a bad thing about me. And I was like, Aaron, okay, we are going to spend some money and we're going to buy this Rode Podcaster Pro. And uh, I'll hold it up here. Here, so let me put you on Still Store Cam. Okay, let me get you. To, let me get the big. Uh, the big screen. There what? You go. Oh God! You're gonna destroy the world. I can feel it. What oh, you God. What you got oh, here? God. Let's see. Well, uh, well, unplug. Oh my gosh! Okay. There we go. It looks like this. This is. Uh, you can see there's an LCD screen. Uh, there's. Is we got four channels, which is the big thing. Even though the the task cam had four in, the the, the channels three and four never worked. Uh, yeah, you can't actually put anything yeah, in them. Those, yeah. That thing sucked for that. Yeah, and so that that, that sucks. So uh, in, uh, we have four real XLR inputs. We have uh, four headphone outs, which is we will need those when we uh, do wrestling because it's impossible to hear each other when we're sitting across the table. What made the decision for us is when it was time for me to sit down and interview paparazzi. That's right. And when paparazzi... Didn't have a microphone to use, and I told Butters like this shall not stand. Right, the Papa won't allow it, and so we had to upgrade. And of course, you've got to have the soundboard. You don't got to have this. <laughs> so uh, look for lots of annoying sound clips being no. mixed in the show. No, uh, near you. Um, and uh, but yeah, this is it. This is the Roadcaster. We hope that our audio is good, and if not, we'll try and do better next time. There you go. Uh, the only other thing we released uh, this week, Boat, uh, 
was myself and the Brent. Uh, we had a little thing last, it was uh, just a week ago today, Boat. Isn't that amazing? It seems like 10 years ago. It was a Thanksgiving marathon. Now, uh, uh, if you uh, if you love to watch seven hours of bickering, fiddling with controls, and generally wanting to punch each other, then that's available. We'll get to that. But this on the on the Amigos channel is the two hour supercut. Mm, super it's cut. all it's all grade A meat, brother. There's no filler in there. I cut out everything that was crap. All that's in there are wheel spins and gameplay and nothing else. If the game stunk, it's gone. If we couldn't get the controller working, it's gone. Things where things just didn't work right, gone. Everything gone. So if you want like two hours of power, then this is the show for you. You can watch me and Brett play a bunch of games, including uh, including the Kickstart uh, or Kickoff 2. It's funny, someone uh, chimed in on one of our uh, videos that tell me that we should play sensible soccer. And I'm like, well, we have waited, you know, but I'm <laughs> filling them in. But anyway, me and the Brent, we had a good time on Thanksgiving. Uh, last week. It went pretty smooth. I, I wanted to kill Brent, as Boat knows, <laughs> but that's pretty much the way I usually uh, I usually uh, feel about the Brent. So that's all we got on the main channel. We'll roll over to our sister channel here, the Amigo Stream Team. Uh, and here's the other part of that equation. This is the uh, seven hour and three minute. If you want to see everything, warts and all, <laughs> I didn't want to deprive anyone of the seven hours of, of me and Brent. So if you want to watch that, it's on the Extreme Team uh, channel. Pop over and check it out. Uh, the only other release this week on the Stream Team channel, it's our good friend, our good buddy. He's in the chat right now, Rob Flack O'Hara. And it's Sprite Castle time. And it's Sprite Castle playing Nintendo racing games, uh, Boat. Now, some of these, it's funny, because when I first started watching, I thought that's were DOS games. I was like, man, these look 10 times better than I remembered. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's the Super Nintendo. You, you've you played a few Super Nintendo games in your in your day. I played them all. So what is your, uh, amongst the ones he played here, did you have a particular favorite? Oh, I like I, literally everything that I, I watched him play, I liked. He's playing rock and roll racing right there. He played some Iron Man. Uh, I well, actually, I will say the one that that I don't like, and I don't think he played this on stream, was the sequel to uh, to Ivan Stewart. It was called a uh, Super Off Road Baja. Yeah, and it was one of these games that was the over the shoulder sort of uh, perspective. Yeah, sort of like a bad pole position that, where you're in a truck. It's no good. Avoid that one. Now, isn't there a uh, there's a racing version of this sort of game too on the uh, Super Nintendo? Isn't there? It's an indie in indie heat. Oh yeah, indie is that heat right? is on there. there. There's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of the you know the Super Nintendo wide variety and lots of racing games to choose from. So yeah, um, but uh, yeah, make sure you check out Rob's stream. Always a good time. Looks like he closed things out with a little bit of dungeon crawling. This is this is the C64. I want to mention this because he played at the end. If you haven't seen it, this is the C64 version of Eye of the Beholder. I heard that, that this was been, a big deal. We've been hearing about it for a while. Well, it's, uh, listen, I, I I know you like to rag on the C64, but I'm telling you, someone, like, went bananas. Because this, I it played Eye of the Beholder. It looks incredible. They did a great job, including all the cutscenes and all the uh, uh, cool lead-up. always like the opening of this. I mean, they did a good job like dithering it down mm -hmm. to the C64, and the they game got to dither it looks it way good. down. Now, get C64. this boat. Here's something I heard Flack mention. You could actually, if you've got a C128, you could hook up a second monitor to it, and the, that monitor does nothing but show you the map. Wow. 
That's super cool. See, look that. at him. And he hates yeah. everything about role-playing games, but he's in. I love in. that. I love that. And if you have just a regular C64, you just hit the M button, map. Map. Bam. Got to have the map. So listen, they didn't just make this thing. They improved it. Mm-hmm. Two pl- two Is monitors. this one of the gold box games? I always hear people no, talking about no. those. No, I don't think this was considered okay. in the gold box series. But I mean, it's a, it's a, I, I, this is what I played on the PC and on the Amiga. I always like. I was a big fan of this one. Now, Flack did run into some weird issues. Don't talk about his wife that way. Oh, would you stop that? Not her. She makes a special <laughs> guest appearance there. Uh, but uh, uh, I, I don't know if there's, it was still a work in progress or whatnot. But it seemed like the, uh, it was running pretty well to me. It's got the mouse support. Not bad, eh? For mouse. A, that's on right. C sixty four. Crazy. So, yeah. Hey, listen, we live in a modern age, but where they can do this kind of crap. So there you go. That's all we've got in terms of the vigilers. My all right. Well, it's time to talk about what's coming up on next week's show. You know, Aaron, next week is our final normal show of the year. <laughs> then they get abnormal. Then they get abnormal. Then we're going to be doing a little bit of Christmas. And then we're going to be doing a little bit. Oh, no, that's not true. Maybe we have two shows. Yeah, I think but I don't know. Loud. I don't know what the. I, I got confused by. We'll figure it out. There'll be more shows coming. That's for sure. Listen, we're gonna have another show next week and every week after that. You know, so. you know I want to since we're talking about Christmas. You know, we've got this Amigos Christmas uh, Secret Santa thing, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, like it just got announced, right? And like the next day, suckers are getting their stuff. Yeah. Like I haven't even shopped yet. I feel like a total stooge. I'm sending mine out tomorrow. How are they doing it? How are they doing that? I can't figure well, it out. Well, a lot of times you go shopping when you're out and you see something and you know you're going to do Secret Santa, you oh, pick it up. See, I'm, never, I'm too did. cheap to do that. I've got all my Secret Santa gifts for the next 10 years. Well, also, I like to uh, I like to tailor my gifts depending on who I get picked. Because, mm. for example, I'm not going to send you, if I got, say, Boat, I'm not going to be like, hey, Boat, Boat loves uh, a C64 air combat simulator. I'm going to load them up, you know, because you'd be like, you know, like like one time I got a, uh, a dude, the Bard's Tale, the mm-hmm. original Bard's Tale. Like, you wouldn't want that. No. You know, see, that's so I like to tailor the that's stuff. Good, that's good, man. You're all heart. Well, that's not what I mean. I'm not trying to put myself over here, but I'm just saying that's, I never, I never think about it during the year. It's too hard for me. So, what are we going to play next week, Aaron? <laughs> you were just waiting for me to <laughs> shut up, weren't you? <laughs> Let's see, Bode. Heck, even I don't remember. Blitz Bomber. Blitz Bomber. This is is the PD game. That's right. It's Public Domainia. It's back. Uh, We, uh, you know, it was too much to do two. There's too much info with these games. We're cutting down to one PD game per cycle. That's not really true, is it? Yeah. About the too much info. Listen. There's never any info on these. Well, we make the info. Maybe we can find the guy. Remember that one time we've had a couple of the guys, the Mm -hmm. Hangar 18, the Alien Fishbreaker. Those guys found us. Right. That was cool. Uh, and so we're going to be playing, this is, you know, you love Bomberman. And uh, this is a Bomberman homage, as it were. Oh, um, man. Did you see me play Bomberman during the Thanks for yeah, Marathon? Yeah. It didn't go too good. Well, you were playing a dumb version, so I don't you think this one's better? You. It's, I hope so. Uh, me too. That thing was awful. So, uh, we hope that you will join us next week for Blitz Bombers. Make sure you mark your calendars for February 18th, Amigathon 2023. And we are going to close out with the haunting love theme. <laughs> it's not from Green Acres, though. <laughs> of uh, of uh, GBA Rally as we thank all of our patrons. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. We'd love to have you. Uh, and uh, we want to salute all of our patrons and our Twitch supporters as we play the closing theme. We'll see you guys next week. And until then, adios. adios.